The Big Light presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald. You're listening to Blethered and my guest is Senior Debt Advisor, Tommy Gallagher. Tommy's back for a follow-up to our first conversation where we unpack the stigma that exists around debt, how people fall into it in the first place, and the options available to help you to resolve it. We discuss the reaction to that conversation and how people got in touch for help after listening. We look at different definitions of struggling with debt and how you don't need to keep living miserably. And we dismantle the notion that debt is anything to be embarrassed about, as it happens to almost everybody and it can be fixed. This episode is brought to you by Debt Experts Don't Fret About Debt. If you're struggling with debt and you would like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly payments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash blethered. You can also listen to my episode with Don't Fret About Debt Senior Debt Advisor Tom McGallagher, where we discuss taking back control of your debt and the various solutions available. Don't forget about debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland, helping you to make an informed choice. Take the first step to dealing with your debt today. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it. Cheers. So this is a follow-up to the, the first conversation that we had I mean first of all the first question I've got is what was the response um for people when when that went out um the response was was really really good I, I was quite surprised at the not yeah I was quite surprised at the at the kind of response we got I was a wee bit uh, I was quite nervous I think when we'd done our first one I'd, I'd been kind of listened to a few of your podcasts in the lead obviously I listen to podcasts religiously all the you time but, but I had been listening to just a few just to kind of get my, my mind into the, the kind of structure and stuff and I think the one you'd done before ours was a, was, uh, was it the Al-Qaeda bomb maker one or something like that and it was, was, it was somebody like that it was, so Amy, uh, that was Eamon Dean and um, just part of me thinking I don't know if he, is anybody actually going to want to listen to an hour worth of debt <laughs> I mean, I can talk for days about debt, but I didn't know if anybody would be listening. But so, yeah, loads of people got in touch straight away. Um, just say they listened to it. It was, it was quite overwhelming the amount of people that got in contact directly. Not just to say listen to it, it was quite good, but also that helped me. And can you know, can we have a chat? I've mm-hmm. got some some stuff to sort out. The main thing that was quite surprising was that the what it kind of opened up was a lot of people who aren't your typical. Um, weren't the sort of tip, the, the, the sort of typical clients who who contact you for debt advice. So for years, in various kind of companies I've worked for, Step Change Debt Charity, and I'm on various kind of roundtable uh, meetings with like Citizens Advice Bureau, Christians Against Poverty, Money Advice Scotland, and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things we've always sort of banged on about for years is always how do you get people to engage? How do we get people to engage with debt advice? Mm-hmm. How do we reach people and say, listen, you need to get debt advice? And if you if you look at any sort of adverts online on Facebook or anything like that, um, or adverts on the TV when they're talking about debt, generally what they'll do is they'll show you a picture of like somebody somebody sitting at a kitchen table with their head in their hands staring at a bill, you know, a sad face. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when that is true, and there is you know, there's obviously that that's who you want to get is people who have been served with sheriff officer letters or have got final demands and stuff like that. But there's a whole lot of people out there that aren't at that stage yet, haven't. We'd mentioned that, you know, haven't missed payments or anything, are managing. So quite a lot of the people that got in touch were a lot of young professionals. It's all people at the out at the start of the the, the the podcast you had mentioned the statistic of um people aged sixteen to thirty-four who are being kept up at night. And it was that kind of demographic that were getting in touch, people who are who had um people who have, rather not had, they still have their houses, but have mm-hmm. mortgages and have quite high incomes, but also quite high not high, but reasonably high ish debt levels that they had didn't identify they had any problems with necessarily. But having listened to the podcast, they thought, actually, maybe I should just speak to somebody to say, is there something I can do about this rather than just continuing with it? You know, I've maybe had this credit card for a couple of years and things like that. So that was quite interesting. It was it was it it was more people who were being proactive and, and getting in touch before they mm-hmm. were at the stage of um, that income shock or that 
um, whatever that that push from a creditor that they'd missed a payment or, or, or you know they'd separate. It was people who were who were just going along fine. So that was quite overwhelming. Was that that that, that it was it, it was. Um, people had, who'd heard just the conversation. I think the, the long-form conversation of debt advice is better than a punchy two-second ad or a definitely an Instagram poster that says, you know, is this you or um, yeah? Because I mean, well, those were the that was one of the things that we sort of spoke about, wasn't it? In, in terms of the way recognizing that, <clears throat> excuse me, recognizing that there is an issue and there's obviously the stigma that is around it the stigma of, of being in debt as if it makes you any less of a, I don't know, value to society or, or as if it, impact, it reflects on your character. We did go over all of that. So if you haven't heard that and you want to kind of listen to that whole conversation, that's in the first episode that we did. If you kind of go back a few, then then you'll find it to you listening. Um, I've got some questions then. I mean, we kind of covered these, but I suppose it could also be more relevant in the wake of that episode and people getting in touch. First of all, the, I mean, the question I've got, and I suppose it's a bit of a double barrel question because there might not be an answer to it, but what are the most common cases of debt that come to you or is there such a thing? So the most common debt type, I guess, that's that's triggering people to contact about debt advice is credit cards mm-hmm. because there's no... That's that's the one that you can't really hang your hat on an end date for. Mm-hmm. Uh, credit card debts are the ones, but particularly as, as that's credit cards are more used for supplement income. A, a loan you're generally getting to either consolidate a, a previous debt or to buy an actual thing, whereas a, a credit card is more something that you're using to supplement the income to just monthly getting past buying mm-hmm. food, those yeah. kind of things. Even if it's just, even if it might start as a wee thing, you know, you might have a credit card debt for a rainy day and you you're not using it, but if, if your car because in for an MOT and it's like needing a couple of tires. As soon as you bust that seal and you've put a couple hundred quid on it, um, for the new tires, then it just it's all at four hundred now. It was the difference between putting it to five hundred mm-hmm. and put petrol on it. Yeah. Uh, so a week before payday, we need to do a big shop. I'll just stick that on it, and mm-hmm. I'll just pay it all off, and then you don't. So when credit cards start to get up to that higher amount, that's when it becomes the trigger, I suppose, that they go right. Well, I don't know how I'm now going to get this down because I can't hang my hat on a on a time where this is going to be paid. Um, you know, if you're paying fifty pound a month, but forty quid's getting added back on mm-hmm. in interest, then you're starting to think, well, how much, how, how much would I have to put on it? To you know, it's hard for you to calculate that. I know, I know that a lot of the banks just now are, are offering that um, kind of repayment tool, and they'll say that we'll, we'll, we'll help you. I think we can set that up to do it. But again, obviously, that still factors in the interest, so it's, it's quite hard for people to do it. So that that generally is a trigger. If, if there's two or three credit cards, or if there's a card plus a loan plus an overdraft, then mm-hmm. that's the one that they say, right, this is when I need a, I need help. I need somebody that can maybe put this together. Um, what are my options here for freezing? Because it, 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 generally, what they're thinking, if only I could freeze the interest and charges on this, what, you know, that that would help me. And mm-hmm. that's that. There's plenty of options to do that. So. I suppose debt and like consumer debt, I think, can correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm kind of inaccurate in my observation, but I feel like it can be defined in multiple different ways. And one, I think people don't realise that, because you mentioned young professionals, people don't realise that they are struggling with debt or that they are in fact in debt. I think people usually associate debt with not being able to pay something back. Whereas, you know, it's just the fact that you've you've got something that you have to pay back. So then people... Their, their quality of life may be stunted or impacted because they're like, oh, I can't afford to have this because I need to pay that back when that itself is debt. Is that something, well, you kind of did touch on it, that people are kind of realising that, you know, I don't have to be paying back all my, my weight just because you can afford it by the skin of your teeth doesn't mean that you technically can. Is that something that you're, that's kind of coming up more and more? Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly, again, off the back of the podcast, that was that was something that, that a lot of people related to, um, particularly people who had, um, you know, if you're kind of, if you're in a career um, by that sort of, by 30, well, it depends, I mean, I'm not why make MD feel that feel you if you're 30 and you've been in a career for eight years and you haven't been promoted, but there's a lot of people who'd, who'd maybe kind of looked at and said, in the last six years, I've been working in a, a certain industry, I'm being promoted a couple of times. I'm, I'm earning more of a wage now than I was six or seven years ago. Mm. But I'm not, like, like you're saying, I don't have a better, I don't have a, a, a notable quality, different quality of life. It's not like I'm going on more expensive holidays. It's not like my kids are walking about in, in more, not that you should be putting your kids in expensive clothes. But you know what I mean? There's no, they, they don't feel there's a great deal of difference. They just mm-hmm. feel that there might be 
slightly less. Uh, uh, they're struggling slightly less at the end of the month. They're, mm-hmm. get, they're getting to maybe a couple of days for payday, and they've still got it. So that was one of the things. A couple of people that got in touch had said again, they kind of just related to it to say, well. Is, uh, they'd kind of blame themselves for that a wee bit. They're just like, ah, but it's because of that debt. As long as I just, you know, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. or, or, or maybe at the back, I mean, they're, they're thinking, I could just, I could just knuckle down and get that, but I'm just being lazy and I shouldn't. But if it ever comes to, it, I know I can do that. But um, I think we mentioned before when lockdown, because of lockdown, because people, it was forcing you to stay in your house. You're always at the back of me thinking, all I need to do is just not go out for a few months. I just need mm-hmm. to say no to the boys and say I'm not going out anymore. And I'll save a fortune. I, mean, I think how much you're spending taxis and stuff like that. But then when you're locked down for a year and you haven't been doing that and you're still not noticeably better off, that's mm-hmm. when they were going, right, maybe I should yeah, look at an option here. Maybe I should look to see, is there, can I just... Because, I mean, we all get it. Because you, you could sometimes like go, how how, am I, how have I ended up in this situation and stuff? And it's like, well, you know, we all want nice things and you are constantly surrounded, you're... you're bombarded by advertisements or everybody else's life and you know I won't keep banging the drum because it is a bit of a a tired point now that's been made a million times over but in this whole internet social media generation you're constantly looking at what everybody else is up to and it is only I don't even think it's always a case of oh I need to keep up it is a case of you know you're only human you see people enjoying nice things Mm -hmm. you also want to enjoy nice things and you think well, I'm earning money, I can get that, you know, I can spread it over a few months and things can, they can kind of grow arms and legs and, and run away from you and there's no shame in that. I mean, it's it's a point I really want to hammer home that we spoke about the first time that it's not, it doesn't make you a bad person or a shit person or, or a reckless person, it makes you a human, you know, you're fallible. You've ended up in this wee situation, it might be getting on top of you, you're paying a wee bit too much. Um, it might be spilling over each month and kind of progressively getting worse and worse. And it's either get it's gotten bad and it's impacting your daily happiness and your ability to enjoy your life or your ability to just have a sleep. Um, how, how with that, you know, your ability to just have a good night's sleep, what kind of affects? Because you're you're speaking to people at the start of having to resolve things, and I'm assuming then, in most cases probably not in the best place like what kind of effects do you see that having on the people who who come to you beforehand um i mean mostly mostly it's it's down to the fact that there's not a lot of understanding of what's going to happen to them mm-hmm. you know that the, the, quite a lot of the panic is about um i mean everybody's different i suppose you've got a lot of people who just don't really care who, who do view data as like it should numbers on the screen i yeah. don't really care i'll just keep you know i'll deal with it whenever somebody comes kicking my door in which <laughs> doesn't happen um, but the other side is, you know, there will be the, the people who, you know, I spoke to somebody quite recently who was um, who was literally waiting until the office opened to, to phone me because he'd been up all night freaking out with the fact that he had missed a pain, never missed a pain for his life, and it was just to do with a direct debit that had something to me. I miss him all the time. Do you know why? Because mm-hmm. I lose my bank card all the time. So yeah. see, like Netflix and stuff will be attached to a card, and then it'll be like something's bouncing. You panic, and then you're like, "Oh fuck!" Really, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. A few days later, they don't care. Aye, it was something daft like that. It was just a minister's error of him transferring bank account or something like that, and he'd moved house or he was he wasn't staying at home or whatever it was. He wasn't getting letters, and uh, it was like a month. But it was a month of everything. It was ever he'd missed his PCP, oh, right. he'd missed his. It was all of his direct debits for whatever reason, and it was just and he and he could not. He was panicking now. That's not really relevant because I guess he well his debt is getting managed. That, that it kind of prompted the conversation, I suppose, to look at it. But I suppose, regardless of of what the situation is, the the emotional impact has been the same for him. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's still valid. Oh, he was listen. He was he, he couldn't have been any. You know, he was he, he was so thankful on the, just to just put your mind at ease because as and we we'd mentioned that in the first one is that googling stuff, um, staying up at night and kind of googling these things just doesn't. It, it doesn't get you anywhere you're just mm-hmm. going to read there's no the problem is you're bombarded with hundreds of adverts anyway about various if you're if you're googling about debt you're going to have umpteen companies that are trying to kind of punt you debt advice but also yeah. more than likely you're going to get umpteen companies trying to punt you high interest credit cards because mm-hmm. they know that you're you're looking to do that um so it's going to be hard for you to actually get down to the 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 bones of right what did i do about this mispayment mm-hmm. is at the end of the world kind of thing before we have a sort of um like a brief summary of what options are available and also what to be aware of which people trying to kind of con you into taking something that isn't right for you first of all 
with that guy that you mentioned there that was panicking about direct debit, so let's talk about, and then people Googling, let's talk about misconceptions, what people think will happen. Um, credit rating, right? So that's, we were just chatting about that just before we started recording and the misconceptions that people make about their credit rating were, I mean, I'll put myself then out there in that sense when I was like 20, 21, I made an asset 10 times over mm -hmm. and I used to think, oh, that's me. That's my credit rating just absolutely done in forever. But it's not the case, is it? No, not at all. I mean, your credit... Because it is important, your credit rating. It's important from... Yeah, I mean, your credit score and your credit rating and all that kind of stuff is... is I mean, I think originally it's just something in the background for like the underwriters of credit companies to look mm -hmm. to see what's the risk of lending to Sean. Yeah. What's his age? What's his kind of debt history? Um, what's, his, what's his actual current debt level? Um, but then it became a kind of marketing thing. You know, mm -hmm. the more the more that the more that people are obsessing over their credit, you know, that it's an easy way to sell like a like a low like a five hundred a small credit card but a high interest to see. Why don't you just take your little credit card and pay it off every month and this will build your credit? Mm -hmm. And technically, yes, that's true, we'll do that. But it it's one of those things. It's almost like the credit files like it's, it's almost like when you go into you know, if you're going to one of these like a, a proper jewelers, not like your, not like a high street jeweler. If you're going to a proper jeweler's and you go, oh, I went in and looked, and none of the rings had any. There was no prices on it, and it's like if you need to look at the price, you can't afford it. It's almost <laughs> like that. See if you're looking at your credit rating, you probably already know that you're mm -hmm. not. You know, why are you looking at? You're probably already at the back of mind thinking, yeah. I'm probably not going to get this loan. So, um, why are you obsessing over it? Um, it, but it's not. It's it's just it's a snapshot of your circumstances at that time. Yeah. You know, you you. It's not like the story of your entire past, present, and future. No. Is the point I'm trying to get? No, to. no, no, no. It's not like they're going to dig that up. Aye, it's not following you around forever. Um, but it's so it's it can be repaired. Yeah, it can be repaired. It's it's yeah. Whether it's settled or not, it's um, I, I, it should be kind of low in the priority list as far as I'm concerned. If 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 you are you know if if you're struggling, I wouldn't I wouldn't use your credit file as a as a blocker or any reason not to deal your debts or at least get advice mm -hmm. on what to do be aware of what the implications are but because I, I think the cause of a lot of people's stress and worry anxious anxiety sorry and anguish is their um vision or their imagination of what the future is going to look like and i feel like that can it can prove fatal at times. Um, it can really stunt somebody's ability to enjoy the present because they're thinking, right, well, um, I've, you know, I've kind of, don't want to say made a mess here, right? Because it's not the end of the world. But just for shorthand, I'll say, I've kind of made a mess in my finances in this point just now. Well, it's never going to be fixed, but it, it, it completely can be. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be many people that are going to come out of COVID with an intact credit rating. Yeah. You know, pretty much everybody's been affected some way. More or less everybody. Now, I know the FCA have, when, when they brought in the payment holidays for... It's the Financial Conduct Authority. Yes. So when they brought in, when they, when they kind of told creditors you need to give everybody a three-month break on mortgages and stuff like that, and it can't impact their credit rating. So that's good. That's so, actually meant when that happened. <laughs> but it had to happen. It, it had to happen. The amount of, you know, and... and just because it's not as if they... For, you know, financial um, bodies ever usually play ball with people. So no, I know, and I, and, and I, I, I don't know how much they push back on it, but but uh, yeah, but so that was good, and I get that didn't impact anyone. But obviously, there was a lot of people who you know furloughed that at that point. That was at the start of the pandemic, so that's when everyone thought furloughs or even lockdown was going to last three months. We didn't think it was going to be. I thought it was going to be three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I everybody, you know, whereas obviously it's still dragging on. Furloughs still, you yeah. know, at time of recording. Um, still going on so um loads of people had to take further holidays and creditors were generally okay but that that's missed payments and things like that so if creditors were to look back on everybody who has a slight blip or a missed payment a default or whatever it is and never lend them then the entire banking industry would collapse you know they're going to have to learn they're, they're going to have to redress their lendability criteria going forward pandemic or not you know there's no Said this in the first one as well. You know, there is no blacklist. There's there's nothing to say. You know, unless unless you're out committing financial fraud. You know, unless you're convicted of a of a crime by yeah. then by all means, then you're, you're likely to have a red flag because you've got a criminal conviction of of committing fraud and stuff <laughs> like that, embezzlement. But you know, young Sean who ran up too much on a Burton's card or something like that. <laughs> you're not far off. It was top no, man. Well, yeah, it was, well, it's all the same because I had a Burton's card. So I mean, and, and I'm saying, listen, I've only that. You know, I've I've been up to my balls in debt 
plenty of times um, in my credit it's been been shocking so it's it's from a point of yeah. understanding you know it's, it's everything can be repaired you know that there's nothing just because your situation might not be great just now doesn't mean that the future's bleak for you and there are ways around that so I mentioned um, companies are sort of sharks that may try and steer you down a path that's going to make them money but there is in fact you know government approved or is it sort of government backed is that the right, am I using the right terminology when we're talking about trust deeds and because we'll, we'll kind of break those down for people so they can yeah. understand. Yeah, so they're, well, yeah, I mean, they're, so they're yeah, trust deeds and, and secretary, so that's all yeah, that's built into law, you know, yeah. those, those, so there's the, um, what's the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Right, so it's legislation, right, anyway. So, so, it's, so it's built into sort of constitutional legislation, would that be right yeah. in saying? Yeah, so, so, the, so the insolvency laws in Scotland are, you know, it's, it's, legis, it's, le, it's through it's, legislation that yeah. has to go through the Scottish Government. Mm-hmm. So at the moment there's a, there's a, there are various working groups to look at um, kind of tidying up some of the legislation. I'm on one of the working groups for sort of budget and debt advice. Um, so these are all, this is, this is in law, this isn't just a, you know, this isn't just an accountant coming to an agreement with your credit. These are these are yeah, these, are, these are laws that are, that everybody is bound by. So things like trust deeds, sequestration, the debt arrangement scheme, are all formal processes that protect the, the laws are there to protect the, the consumer and the creditor mm-hmm. um, and anyone else is there. So you should, if, if you're going down these routes and speaking to approved advisors, you should be getting pushed into not pushed into. You should be getting referred into. Mm-hmm. There's impartial advice. It's available to help people to to make the right decision. Um, links to that you'll find available in the episode notes. I do believe that you are a a very. Tr- I'm going to be sitting here having this conversation with you. A very trustworthy um, and ethical um, advisor. You anybody who I've spoken to that's dealt with you um, always sort of comments on how your aim is to find out their situation and what works best for them as opposed to just trying to fire a, a trusted at them because it will make your company X amount of money. That is something that's important as well. It's not just a one size fits all. There are different um, solutions available depending on, on kind of what your issue is and for everybody. Now, off the back of our last chat, you had a lot of people getting in touch and you would have had to have that conversation with them, you know, to find out you know, what their issue was, you know, kind of what they were looking at, what they were dealing with. We obviously, we're not going to be identifying anybody in any way, but we can talk about this sort of scenario. I mean, can you give me a few examples or like some of the cases that you have managed to to resolve or basically to uh, white knight and righteous about it, people's lives that you have managed to help make better? Um, I mean, there was, there was, um, there was a girl who got in touch um, she she had uh, she'd listened to the podcast and her and her, her, and her man um, quick and young just just recently married um, looking at where they're going getting a you know planning for the future mm-hmm. she'd listened to the podcast realised that you know planning for the future potentially having kids and, and getting a house and stuff like that together um, she was probably going to have to get her debt sorted first mm-hmm. Um this was a time to do it and it kind of prompted her she listened to it and she identified with it and that's fine she picked up the phone phoned and off the back of the call felt that kind of good about it that she said to her man listen you need to listen to this podcast as well and made him listen to it um, I think he'd made a joke about the fact that he was, you know, who's this Sean McDonald guy and looked up on Instagram and it was just lots of topless beach photos and stuff like that and like, who is who's this guy that you're making me listen to <laughs> something along those lines I'm sure but the, he listened to it and he got in contact um, and, and we had a we had a um, we had a conference call. Um, I nearly said, no, no, I mean, I nearly said, we had a conference call about it. Um, and it was quite, he'd, he'd said the same thing. He says, no, no, I, he says, I get that. I, I, he said, I, I did kind of relate to it. Um, and this is the time to do it. Um, so, we, so we've looked at a plan to, to, to for, for a joint debt arrangement scheme to just pile all the debts together because they're going to have to do that anyway. They've, up until now, they've lived sort of separately. He's got his bank account, she's got her bank account, mm-hmm. which I always advocate. I always think that's the way to do it. Just because it's easier to, to if something happens to one of you in relationships, it's easier if there's a if there's a separation. Mm-hmm. Not not separation as in splitting up. Separation of finance mm-hmm. makes it easier. Then you're not you're not. Um, it's easy to lift out. However, they just looked at and said, "Now's the maybe time. If we're getting married and we're looking at having kids, we as well. You know, my money's your money. Let's just do it together." So now they are um, they are in a plan where they, they can a see the the end date, but also they've now got the ability to start you know potentially saving or, or look to see what well, we can fit, factor in potentially having kids and mm-hmm. and, and, and we're not going to be going what are we going to do about this kind of stuff so so they you know that that, that had helped him 
you know, there was a guy who, just what we were talking about earlier, a guy who's, who, who was working out in the oil rigs, I think we'd mentioned, I think we'd actually mentioned, um, I think I'd mentioned oil and gas sector workers on the, the podcast and he'd identified with that because they earn quite a lot of money, but their outgoings are generally quite high wherever yeah. they live or generally they've got kind of quite big houses and mortgages are high. So, so their surplus income is almost the same percentage as, as anyone, you know, mm-hmm. and he was in the same, same boat. You know, he, he, um, never missed a payment necessarily. Wasn't looking to the future. He already had the wife and kids and Morgan and stuff like that, but just needed to get it. Just wasn't getting anywhere. Just just felt like he was he he, he was um, treading water. He was it? surviving. Yeah, mm. he was just surviving really. Um, and and he'd got in touch uh, later. Um, you know, a couple of months after the, the call, just to say, look, I am. You know, it's it's a remarkable difference between mm-hmm. my life before. I know that's this sounds very self righteous, but you know, my life is better having spoken to you. And you think, oh, thanks very much. Yeah, <laughs> that's good to hear. Know. You know, and it is. And you don't always. I, I don't get now. You you might get that quite a lot from from some of the the podcasts that talk about other things, but it's not. I don't often get that. There's not a lot of feedback. Yeah. Not a lot of people will come back to to, to to say those things. So it was good to hear that. You know, mm-hmm. it, 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 because that it's another thing where people maybe don't realise how much it is kind of you might get used to it and you might become sort of desensitized to how they feel if you're constantly thinking about oh no i've got this payment and can i cover it and you know it is it, it's one of these it's just one of these things in life and the point i keep trying to hammer home even when i speak to people i'm like it, there's no reflection on you as a person there's no reflection on you as a professional it's one of those things that can kind of it can happen and i suppose it's recognizing that it doesn't have to be that way. And just because you can aff- quote unquote afford it each month doesn't mean you actually really can. And there's things set up as we're talking about through government legislation, whether it be a trust deed, a debt arrangement scheme, sequestration, information of which you can find in the money advice service, which is all impartial, which will explain to you what these things are. They're there to help you to ensure that your life isn't miserable and you I think do you ever do you ever find this? Do you find that people sometimes feel that they should be punished, so they should go without and and think, well, oh, you know, I deserve this. It's like you you don't deserve it at all. Yeah, that that's usually the first. Usually the, the first thing they'll tell you um, is is the explanation. Oh, I know it's my own fault. And and, and well, I was actually just going to say to you that there. That was the other thing that, that people kind of picked up on from the first one was that. Um. Is is particularly that kind of? I keep saying young professionals. That sounds. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why I've started saying that. This because I'm thirty nine years old. I know what you just, mean though no, because but, but, you but, would look and go. A young professional is earning decent money. Should be able to afford it. Maybe has more disposable income, less you know financial obligations and responsibilities. Therefore, how are you getting in that that well, situation? It's, it's not so much. But, but what what they picked up on, I think, was a was the fact that maybe they think that solution isn't available for me that's a you know that these solutions are a means tested that, that there's only a spe- you know you have to hit a certain demographic to yeah. you know, there's no upper or lower limit of debt level there's no oh, oh well you oh well once you start earning over 25k a year then you're not eligible for trust deeds yeah. and bankruptcies and all that kind of stuff it's, a point i've made to people and again full um, confidentiality i don't have any identifying details um but you know you've dealt with with individuals in the past to have been multi multi millionaires, mm-hmm. and it's all still it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's you know, Scottish footballers. You know that that's you know, we've I've only dealt with a handful of them um, over the years, yeah, Scottish footballers. But you know, they are again they are earning obviously a lot more than than the guys you know working at McDonald's or whatever. Um, but it's all relevant. You know, it's, it, it, if you've if you've got mortgage arrears on a Sixty grand house or mortgage arrears on a one and a half million pound house. Mm-hmm. Still mortgage arrears. You're still, yeah. you know, you're still running the risk of potential losing your house. You're still going to have to look at options of how do I get back on track with that? How do I get my mortgage arrears under control? Um, so there's no, you know, the, the, it's not, it's not rooted for, it's not, it's not set for a certain type of person as such. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's all across the board. This is a sort of cliche that that goes in one ear and out the other with people, and for good reason because until it sort of hits you or touches you personally, you're kind of like, all right, whatever, it's just, that's just a phrase. But life is far too short when to, is, when to is, spend it worrying or, or having just sort of happiness sucked out of it with things that can be so easily taken care of. One, one of the things I was going to say, when you were talking about people blaming themselves, yeah, I mean, that that will be quite common when, when we're going through a, a budget. 
you know, when I'm talking to the client, I'm going through, right, what is it you've got coming in? What you got coming out? So it's always essentials. We'll always run through the essentials first. This is my mortgage, my rent, whatever, council tax, blah, blah. And then once we start to get down to the budget, and I'll say, what are you paying for Sky and broadband and stuff like that? They'll say, oh, well, don't worry, I'll get that I'll get that cancelled. You know, I, I don't, no, you I've, won't. I've got Netflix and I've got Amazon, but don't worry, I'll, I'll get on the phone, I'll cancel that. I'm no here. That's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. That That's something I'd like to kind of get across. You know, they're to be like, right, don't you dare um, have fun and enjoy yourself the next three years. The whole point is to ensure that people can. Yeah, it's like, look, let's just, it is what it is. Let's, or, or, or generally what I'll ask is, you know, say, is there any gym memberships? Or say, no. Was there a gym membership? Oh, there was, but that was one of the first, because that's generally the first thing to go. I mean, not because people are financially conscious, it's because they're lazy generally, gym mm-hmm. membership, but, you know, things like life insurance. People will, people will when they're starting to struggle, they'll look down their list of direct debt and say, what can I, what can I cancel here? Mm-hmm. And more likely, more often than they're more likely to cancel their life insurance than they are their, Netflix, which is fair enough, but let's put the budget back to what it was before you started tightening your belt. You Can know, you sit in bed with your life insurance at night before you fall asleep. Exactly, yeah, you've got to have something, you know. And, and it's like, well, I'm going to, you know, yeah, indeed, it's somebody else's problem, you know, whether there's going to be enough money to actually bury me or, or not. But still, if you've got kids or whatever, then surely you want life insurance yeah. or medical insurance or so. Um, so, so it's it's finding out not just not just the things that they are saying. Oh, they feel guilty about. Or oh, I know, but I'll, I'll phone up and I'll cancel. I'll see if I can hand my season ticket back and all that. No, let's just. You know, might have to do it, but very rarely do mm-hmm. you have to. Let's just look at what it is. I'm not, you know, I'm not there to pick through the peanuts of the, you know, of mm-hmm. the budget. Just another thing that kind of stresses people out and, and can contribute to people's heads really like falling off is constant letters and phone calls and all of those things. Do you, well, two questions. Do you find is it far better or is it far more productive to actually just communicate with the people your money and the the constant calls and letters will stop and also how does you know like a trustee to a, a debt arrangement scheme how does that um manage that issue for people so under the lending code if you are receiving if you're having financial difficulties and you notify your um creditor mm-hmm. lender whoever um that you're having financial difficulty and that you're getting advice they have to give you a minimum 30 days breathing space there, there, there's um, kind of debt respite uh, breathing space um, thing that's been brought brought in in England just now and we're looking at um, trying to adopt sort of similar uh, we do have the breathing space up in Scotland we're looking to change it anyway at, at present time as long as you're notified as long as you tell them listen I'm having financial difficulties and I'm getting advice from somebody they'll put they'll put on hold they'll leave you alone because mm-hmm. you've got to have at least 30 days to to get the advice and not be pressured into to, to, to doing anything. Because uh-huh, that scrambles people's brains, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And that, that's what causes the bury in the head in the sand further because you're like, oh my God, I can't deal with this. Because in the moment you're like, well, I can't pay it. Mm-hmm. When in actual fact, I suppose, if you just said, if you say to them, you find that companies will go, right, okay, fair enough. You've kind of commu- communicated that, let's sort something out. Yeah, and, and, and again, listen, it's not it's not a great conversation. People don't really want to phone up. A, you don't want to be, and especially if you've got, you know, six or seven different, Creditors, you know what? That's a whole day of sitting on a hold to have mm-hmm. the same conversation six or seven times. Um, so generally, one of the first things I'll do is I'll draft, I'll write a letter and sign it just to say um, to him, if you can say, I'm advising Sean McDonald about his finances. I'll be in touch shortly about uh, an update. Please consider putting his account on hold. And I, and I just, I would say to you, just don't bother phoning your credit card company and waiting on hold. Just find a contact us email address and send this letter to them and say, it's signed by me. It's got a reference number on it. It's got company headed paper. Um, and just send it with a subject header saying financial difficulties. That'll yeah. find its way to the right people. Mm-hmm. It will get done. They'll update it on their end. That's fine. So, so from the debt advice point of view, that will give them that respect. Because what you don't want to do is, if if we are looking at a, cu- a couple of different options for you, um, and you're we're not really too sure because maybe your maybe your your circumstances haven't settled. Maybe furlough hasn't quite ended for you. Yeah. And and I'm saying to you, Sean, these are a couple of options you've got. You know, we can look at debt arrangement. We can maybe look at bankruptcy. We're not really too sure what what depends. You know, if you have, it could go either way, and then you're getting umpteen phone calls from creditors, then you might just say, oh, you know what, I'm just going to go bankrupt, and you decide to do something because you're being pressured by yeah. credit. Not the creditors are deliberately doing that, but the more they know, that's why they give you that breathing space so you can, yeah. so you don't feel pressured to do it. Once once the plan's in place, whether it's a debt arrangement scheme or a trustee or secretary, then creditors are bound. By that, to they aren't allowed to contact you anymore. You That's are, a legal, yeah. legal restriction. So, so, so the money advisor's job um, in a debt arrangement scheme, or the IP's job in a secretary or a trustee, is to act as the as as a sort of um, in between, you know, to to deal with credit or claims and to deal with any um, 
customer reviews. So the creditors, if they have any issues, would have to speak to myself on your behalf rather than they're not allowed. The only thing they would send you is a statement now and again just to say, because you're still technically their customer, um, but it takes that pressure away. It means that they can't, you know, you're, you're not having to have, you know, if your circumstances change, if you're in a debt arrangement scheme and you're repaying your debts in full and your circumstances change and you need to make the, you need to amend your, your, your payment, then you're just speaking to me and I'm speaking to the seven, you're not phoning seven different people to say, Mm-hmm. I'm earning half what I was, so I'm going to have to half my payments. Not that it's, it's, it's cut and dry as that, but um, so sometimes that's the big thing. Or generally, that not sometimes that's generally the biggest thing for people is like I just want somebody to deal with this for me. I just <laughs> want you to, you know, I've had, totally. you know, we haven't had face to face meetings obviously in a long time, but that was usually quite a cathartic thing for people. They would like to turn up to a face to face meeting and they would have a brown envelope and inside of it was just every single debt letter they'd received in the past year. Here it is, Tommy, it's your problem. <laughs> and it's, and there was cards in that envelope; they were all bounced off. <laughs> Yeah, but it's quite good for them to just go. I can now leave your office, mm-hmm. and that's your problem now, whether I've been it or not. Yeah, um, it's not just that you are actually dealing because <clears throat> the debt is one thing, but it's the accumulated and related connected stress that causes people the most sort of anguish and sadness. And to be able to just be like, right, that's now that's that's a you problem, mm-hmm. um, and and they kind of can sort of relinquish that, and and it just. It probably feels like a belt being taken off the chest. And so it just come, brings us back full circle to communication as the key. And the reason that I think people do sort of, I mean, uh, there are multiple different correct observations and opinions, but I think one of the main reasons that people do stress and suffer with it so much is that you never hear, and for good reason, for, under, for understandable reasons, you're never going to go on your Facebook and see someone say, uh, oh, just out for a coffee today and um, probably sitting here in absolute despair at the, the nick of my, my finances have gotten. So therefore, everybody all thinks, oh, well, it's just me. When in actual fact, it's been all is, you know, it's been everybody at some point. If you're one of those, and to be fair, I do you know a few, a few pals of mine and other people are, are superhuman and they've never had anything. It's just in their personality and their makeup, they're very cautious. Whereas I'm very, I can be reckless and careless at times, and that kind of comes back to bite you. But I think the the overriding point is, you know, the only one. Um, it just feels that way because nobody's actually yeah, speaking no, no, about nobody it. Nobody talks about it. I think is. Um, now forgive my ignorance on nineties football. Was it Kevin Gillespie? Were you watching Keith the, Gillespie? Keith Gillespie, yeah. Gillespie is mm-hmm. it the Newcastle. Yes. So for a bit of background, Keith Gillespie was at Manchester United. He was transferred in an exchange deal for Andy Cole company man you the other way from Newcastle he was absolutely flying but he was spending 60 to 70 and this is in 96 spending 60 70 grand a night on gambling so the BBC what is is it called fever Fever pitch Pitch. so they were talking about the one that was on the other day it was him talking about it and how his gambling problem came out in the papers and all that kind of stuff and he had said in the interview not at the time the interview now he'd said if that had happened now, there'd have been a support network because there's yeah. a lot of gambling and stuff like that. They, they realise it as, uh, they recognise it as an illness and there's a lot of support for footballers and blah, blah, blah. But at the time, it was really just, he was in the papers and it was like, ha, look, look at the state of you. And he was more like a kind of figure of fun of, you yeah, know, he's, he lost seven, that, yeah. he's, he's lost seven million pounds and this is ridiculous. Nothing funny about it. Whereas, and you look, the kind of leaps and bounds we've come on, however many years that is, um, that's kind of where you would want to get with debt. You know, you'd want... You, if somebody says to you they've got a gambling problem now, then you help them. Yeah, you, you would help them. You would know. You would know instinctively. Well, you would know because you've you've had people on the podcast. But generally, yeah. anyone who's listening would say, "Oh, I, I know where you can go for this. I know, I know people that have got help." If, um, sorry, just to interject, thing me. But if if the mention of gambling has piqued anybody's interest, um, then you can go back and find the episode with James McGuire from 2019. It's called "The Secret Life of a Gambler." And he talks about the exact thing in it, all being done in secret until it kind of really came to a head and he had to deal with it, but how he managed to sort of deal with both from the emotional um, sort of support and also the financial support because those two th- those two things are they're very they're intertwined and, and mm-hmm. they, they are both as important as each other you first of all you have to you know you need to take the steps to just quite literally deal with the issue but there's the the underlying problems within that also have to kind of be managed and if you can combine those two things um then, then it, that is the sort of preferable resolution. I was going to say perfect. There's no really such thing. Um, and I think that is, is the same with the sort of people struggling with debt, isn't it? You you have to deal with both the issue and the, the yeah, emotional and, side. And, because, and I don't want to equate it too much. I, I appreciate 
I'm not saying that you know having debt is the same is the same level as, as having a gambling problem. Yeah, that, that's yeah. an illness, and I'm not you know there's a lot of people that are struggling with debt, or, or you're yeah, not sure. struggling. You just have debt. And you need a bit of help. Thanks with. for making that. We. Um, I'm just saying. Point that, I, am just, I am not. I am not. <laughs> but what I mean is, it's not. It, it was. Uh, that's what struck me was that there's no. Um, people don't talk. If we could get to a place where people were openly talking, like yeah. you say, talking about it, just to say, or even just. Like I get it. You, you completely understand why people wouldn't. And it's like, you oh, res- absolutely. yeah, and you, re- yeah, yeah. you respect that boundary, but also you're like, look, you can confide in me as a professional. We, not, we, th- that being you, not I. We, You and I had... T- uh, How confusing was that? <laughs> I'm saying confide in Tommy, not in me. <laughs> we are talking in pure riddles. Somebody, somebody on Twitter years ago, when we had first floated the idea of doing a, a Dead Rights podcast, um, you and I had gone in a conversation, and and what I'd said was, you know, the, the best sort of Dead Rights podcast would be, would be getting people on who have who have spoken to me uh, no, no yeah but, but see listen to those stories in theory yeah that's going to hit that's that's going to hit with a lot of people people it's going to resonate with people a lot more than just me talking about potential case studies and not naming people obviously yeah. you're never ever going to get no nobody's going to unlikely. very unlikely i'm just going to come on and tell that story necessarily um unless they're a celebrity and there's, a, there's, there's all that kind of stuff put beside it but the more that would be ideal see if people were talking about it more like you say we're just on facebook mm-hmm. and saying that's me just made my final payment to my, my, my trustees or something like that. I've seen a few people kind of doing that and I'm, I think good on you, man. I remember seeing a girl I actually got in touch with her, be like, good for you. Where she, and this is one of the, a really modern example, sort of the pitfalls of consumerism and consumer debt, where she had racked up a lot in like Klarna and Clearpay and all those kind of things. And if for anybody who's unaware, these are companies will allow you to split payments for products over um like you can delay it a month or you can pay it over three months or i don't know pay it every few weeks now and, and i've used i've used them now and again mm-hmm. and they're excellent mm-hmm. if you're able to use it in the, the manner in which you know it serves you instead of yeah. becoming a massive pile of debt on you i'm doing it just now first because my wife's car just um had to get a load of work done on it it was like 1700 quid we get with a bill last week mm-hmm. there's no you know I don't have seventeen hundred quid sitting there. So those options are fine and that's you yeah. know, you pay it up over ten months. Still not that I have hundred and seventy quid a month either, but you know, it's preferable. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, those things are okay, but not if you're basing not if it's that like you say, if it starts to snowball, mm-hmm. not if it's not if everything's on it, then it's, that's when it becomes a bit difficult. But. is there is there anything that you feel that I've kind of not covered um in this sort of second chat that we've had or anything that you think is relevant or pertinent that you would like to highlight to anybody who's maybe sitting listening and thinking you know that's me i'm kind of paying a bit more than than is comfortable or i'm starting to kind of slip under a wee bit i mean the main the main thing um like i say the main the main kind of message i think to get off from the first one was just the 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 difference in in um the difference in the kind of people or or, or it was bringing debt advice i think more to the to the minds of people who weren't really thinking about it i think was was the main thing mm-hmm. um the only thing i, I had to note which is not really related to the first one necessarily but a lot of stuff that's come up just now that, that we're, we're seeing it we're helping a lot of people with is that unfortunately just off the back of um everything that's happened um a lot of companies have had to close down a lot of businesses have had to shut down and we're seeing quite a lot of people who um, who are, we are directors, limited companies that have had to wind their companies up, who maybe took personal guarantees um, for those companies, and they're kind of panicking just now because they are now hit for debts that were that would have been quite easily serviced through through the business. Yeah. Um, so the the debt arrangement scheme can help those as well. We, we are we've helped quite a lot of clients in the last year on on that with personal guarantees. Um who don't really want to look at bankruptcy because they're, they're fairly sure that, that, that they're going to be back on their feet and they're going to be able to sort of start up a, another business once things have kind of changed. But at this point, they've now, they've now been given a, a business debt that's there. So there's a lot of restructuring going on just now. Um, and, and we have got quite a few clients just now who are repaying or who are managing that temporarily or otherwise through the debt management scheme. So it was just to kind of put that out there in case there's anyone that, that that's, you know, business debts or mm-hmm. can be dealt with as well. Um, so get in touch if that if if, if that's there. It's, it's hard to kind of do a broad brush stroke for that. But if anyone's worrying about personal guarantees, then aye, give me a shout. Mm-hmm. The um, I think the overriding thing as well that we're once again kind of want to hammer home is there's no shame, no embarrassment. 
Um, it's one of those things that can be it can be dealt with. So don't don't allow it to eat too much into your happiness. Because one thing that people I've spoken to as well say they're like, oh god, if I could just go back a few years and do it a few years earlier, mm-hmm. if I'd have realised it would have taken so much weight off of me. Um, I mean, when you look at yeah, because if, if you're looking at like a plan of repaying your debts and it's like you say it's going to take four years. Four years seems like a long time. You think you know we're nearly two years into this. <laughs> pandemic you know what I mean you think how uh, much how I mean when you say it like that I mean see if you'd started that you know you'd be halfway through if you'd if you'd dealt with your debts at the start of when, yeah. you, when you first ever had to google the word covid yeah you'd be halfway through by now so really four years or whatever isn't a long time but yeah that's quite often you know um see what you said just completely unrelated but it just popped into my head see what you're saying about covid not coming up for two years and all that when you first had to google it I was doing an interview down in London and this was like early February, so we hadn't really heard much. And the guest was like, oh, I don't know, mate, have you heard about this COVID thing? And I was like, I, I mean, I was like, I've heard it. I mean, and I said, and this is on Mike, because he first didn't want to come in and I brought it up. I was like, oh, you almost didn't come in here. And he's like, yeah, the whole COVID thing. He's like, I've been reading up about it. I was like, where? And he went, read it. So I was like, oh, mate. I said, it's like... The bastion of truth that has I, been read it. And I said, I went, listen, um, SARS... Swine flu, bird flu, Ebola went, never comes to it. And I went, this will disappear for the conversation quickly as it arrived. Mm-hmm. And then when I was editing it, I was like, maybe it's just in case I'm going to take that out because you never know what's going to happen. And then <laughs> now and again, when when it's pure flaring up, I'm like, thank fuck, I took that out, man. I don't look like pure numbskull. Yeah. But it was, yeah, one of those things, yeah, yeah. it was one of those things that never saw coming. But I, two years in, and you're right though to go back to your, your point that, you know, you'd almost be halfway through it. But even regardless of the amount of time, your life will be far more um, enjoyable. You'll have far less stress. And um, I don't, don't be, I think the main point I would like is to get across is don't be beating yourself up people can get in touch if they they want to get in touch with you which i and i mean fr- from what i've heard and the testimonials of people that you've spoken that they have got in touch with you and then spoken to me about it their point was they were you know treated with personal you know it's, it's kind of tailored to them whatever they need and they might not need anything how how then do people get in touch with you you know, you, they can go to Don't Fret About Debt to the website, which you'll find the links in the episode notes, as always. But if they want to personally speak to you, how can they do that? Um, yeah, if they go to Don't Fret About Debt on and put their details in, it'll come through to me. They'll get a text. It'll just be from me asking when when they're free. Mm-hmm. The best thing's a phone call. I, I, you know, I keep saying that. I know everybody would prefer not to. I'd rather do it through email or live channel, that kind of stuff. But honestly, a phone call. I, I love speaking to people half an hour, just tell me what's happening. Um otherwise just either dm me on on twitter um or there's there's what's your username just tommy gallagher just at tommy gallagher um the link to that's an episode on, on, on the website there is a there is a whatsapp link and there is a live chat um again it's just it's just myself that's there so i i'm not i'm not on 24 7 yeah you know i'll pick up in the morning but, <laughs> yeah. uh, um well, that's but, what people need to remember as well you're, you're when you go on the live chat or whatever, it can seem like you're a robot or faceless. You're talking to a real guy, a guy you've just sat and listened to now. And if you've li- if you haven't listened to the first episode, I would, because we really do dismantle the whole thing about that there is, should be no shame or or stigma around it. It's it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it. And and you, if you're chatting to me on the live chat, or you're on the WhatsApp. I'll give it five minutes for eventually just say, "Can you just phone me? <laughs> are you free? I'll just phone you." Because it's yeah. much easier to get an idea of where you are in life. And I mean. It, you can throw numbers at we'd said that in the first one you can throw numbers at me and you can see i earn x amount a year and i have x amount of debt what can i do that's not that, yeah. that that's that's nothing that's just a sum that's just me doing maths that's no use I, I need to know where you are and what's happening and what's going to happen what ages are your kids are you having kids where are you you know where are you living are you yeah. moving house are you moving out your mom's house that kind of stuff and with all the best people in the world that's going to be an awful long whatsapp conversation that i'd really don't <laughs> to, to ask so so yeah the main, like I said, see see all the, the bit that comes after it. Of here's your options and what you want to do with it. That's that's you know that that that's fine. That that that's not a problem. But it's the it's the phone call. Just speak to me for half an hour. If you're struggling with anything, do I bounce any ideas off? Just mm-hmm. book in a phone call and we'll look at it. We'll see what, what we can do. Don't spend any more time living miserably because there's there's ways to solve it, mate. As always, thanks very much for yeah. your time. Been a pleasure. Enjoyed it. I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll be back maybe at some point down the line with more. Because ah, yeah. I suppose the landscape continues to evolve and develop, doesn't it? Well, that's what we kind of kept 
at the back of my mind to think, well, wait, when's the best thing to do a second one? Or we'll wait until things have calmed down. But things are just, you know, with everyone's panicking about fuel, you know, not fueling their car and their houses. And, yeah. and, and it's just, you know, furlough still hasn't ended. So mm-hmm. there was never going to be a, a, I don't think there's ever going to be a bad time necessarily to do a, um, to do a recap on this and it might be that we get you know a whole bunch of other queries off the back of this yeah i hope we do you know that that's i would i would say even if you're not even you're not struggling just get in touch if there's any queries or anything you want us to cover then i'm quite happy to pick that up again and do another i'm quite happy to do as many of these as you want (laughs) no i think the 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 best thing for me the most value rewarding thing or, or thing of value is knowing that it's it's kind of people are in the dark aren't they because again apart from googling you know, you know, often it's not as if you've got turning around to somebody and asking them. Oh, so let's talk about this really embarrassing, potentially embarrassing thing, and uh, to be able to, you know, to for you to educate people or just enlighten people and inform them a wee bit is is great, and hopefully it does alleviate um, a bit of stress and can help people if it is the best option for them to to take some steps. Well, this has been great, so I thank you, mate. And as always, thank you for listening. Um, if any of these issues or conversation points have have resonated with you or struck a chord hope it's helped and you can find relevant links information um, and a few other things in the episode notes thanks and we'll see you again for another episode of blethered soon cheers blethered was written recorded and produced by sean mcdonald in association with the big light Music and post-production by Brian McAlpine. And for more information, go to thebiglight.com. If you like this podcast, please check out all our other series, including Talk Media. You could start a fight in an empty house. Talking Derry Girls, Brave Your Day, The Tartan Noir Show, Double Scotch, Great Scott, Trust Me I'm a Leader, Unearthed, A Sonic Hug, and Old School. All on The Big Light, Scotland's podcast network. From the Big Light Studio.